Welcome to episode 129 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with the service security specialist, (laughs) (laughs) Sergeant (laughs) (laughs) Adam Taporek. Adam, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for my uh, rank and my new title. I appreciate (laughs) that. I I still want to make you a list of everything, like, and just keep adding to it for your business card. It would be very cool because today we are talking about security and in particular, transportation, security, administration. Woohoo, TSA. That's what everybody says. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? So I'll probably be the devil's advocate here and defend TSA a little, but they've been in the news a lot lately. They've been getting banged on. Um, you know, Jeannie has to have her rants once in a while. So we are here talking about TSA piling on. No, but now, we, but there's some really good customer experience lessons, uh, all joking aside, to take from the TSA. And uh, I know you're going to share some with us because that's who you are. <laughs> Well, and to be fair, Adam, my goal here is not to pile on because I have brought up examples of when there was that one guy who complimented everybody as we walked through the line. There are people who are doing really good work in the TSA, and I I think that's important to say. I come not to bury Caesar, but to praise him. Yes. Yes. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, they just had this big debacle where there were three hour plus waits in big airports like my hometown, Chicago O'Hare, Atlanta, some other places. And there was really no explanation for it when it first started happening. And so people were missing their flights because they were showing up with, you know, two hours for a domestic flight, thinking that was plenty of time and ended up in a security line for three and a half hours. So as the word started getting out and there was the hashtag of hate the wait (laughs) and people were taking pictures and putting things on social and using the only tools they had sometimes. There was one woman I saw interviewed on the news and she she had packed uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and breakfast because she was so nervous about waiting in line. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they went through all this and uh, as people started really complaining, the government, the, you know, our legislators started getting involved and all sorts of things happened. But what it shows me is that Essentially, they didn't look ahead. They didn't see trends. They didn't plan for what should have been expected. And once the problem started happening, it seems like they were very slow to react to it as a macro problem. I got the sense that they were kind of like, yeah, that day was long at O'Hare, but it was happening for weeks. And I'm very fortunate to have TSA PreCheck, which always treats me very well. So, you know, don't take that away from me. <laughs> yeah, okay. They're going to after this episode. For the record, this episode was Jeannie's idea. <laughs> I love PreCheck and I love the Orlando TSA. Uh, but you know what? It's You said they didn't react quickly enough and all that. And that is, those are the things we talk about in customer experience. And here's the catch. It's government. Right. And they right. just, I mean, whatever, you can have a positive view of government. You can say they're trying. The one thing they do never do is react quickly. Other right. than the military, they're the only ones that are quick. But I mean, really, it's because it's hard. I mean, one of the sort of pushbacks from TSA is like, we don't have enough people. Our mm-hmm. funding, you know, this, I don't know enough about it to know if it's an excuse or it's just their sort of spin or if it really has a basis in fact. But, you know, I, I think I mentioned that blog post I wrote before, which is all customer service begins with adequate resources. And we mm-hmm. talked about that with the Comcast thing as well, where they added 50,000 agents or whatever it was. 
that's the first step. I mean, no matter what you do, you can have Zig Ziglar in every <laughs> position you have, but if you need yep. 100 people and you have 10, it just will not matter. Right. And, and that's where it gets really interesting because how much it was a staffing issue. Um, now, obviously, we've all, I've had, we've all, if you've traveled enough like you and I do, you know, or I, my trip it is full mm-hmm. and you're going to have mixed reviews. You're going to have some great TSA yeah. agents. You're going to have some not great TSA agents. I will give a shout out. I know they're in the news, but I will give a shout out to the Orlando team. They actually usually are very good. They communicate well proactively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, one of the issues is, and of course, you have to be ready for that, but is the customers are not doing their job. Right. And right. of course, you know, coming from private enterprise, we're all like, well, that's part of the game. The customers don't do what they're supposed to do. And mm-hmm. you got to be prepared and you have to be ready for that experience. And I think one of the different experiences I've had is at MCO at Orlando. They're pretty good about, hey, OK, they just keep saying the same thing yeah. over and over. And my wife's like, why do they keep saying it? I was like, because the person three people back hasn't heard yeah. it yet. Well, and how many times are you in line at the pre-check and the person waits in that line and gets all the way to the front and then gets sent to the regular boarding because they don't have pre-check? Right, yes. <laughs> and like they ask three times at O'Hare. Like there's a sign, there's a woman usually who says pre-check. She checks your boarding pass on the way in. The whole thing, like they say it over and over and over. And yet some people still wait. They get to the front of the line and the agent has to send them to the back of the horrible line that they would have been further up in if they had just paid attention. So yeah, passengers are part of the problem. I think we have to accept that. (laughs) Right. And to your point, like it's still part of what we need to prepare for that people don't read. They don't follow instructions. They're going to have, you know, the huge bottle of water in their luggage and not take off their shoes and all of those things. So what can we do to really make things a little more helpful. And the communication, since TSA started, I mean, the communication has gotten tremendously better, where the signage and things like that, all of that, I think, is so much better than when they first started. And it it varied so dramatically from airport to airport. And now it's somewhat consistent. There There are idiosyncrasies, but somewhat consistent across the airport. You say that, but I just came through McCarran in Vegas, and let me mm-hmm. tell you, it was a mess. <laughs> I mean, I'm an experienced traveler. My wife's an experienced traveler. We didn't know where to go, what line to go in. Mm-hmm. It was like everybody was merging, and you couldn't tell if you're going through the scanner or the metal detector. It, nobody was say, like, nobody in TSA was saying a word. They took mm-hmm. my wife's bag to, for inspection. Didn't say anything. Just took it and put it there. Like uh. pu- pulled it aside because there was only one person to inspect. And mm-hmm. she's like, she's just sitting there, like nobody communicated with her. Nobody told her what was going on. Like, oh, we do have to check your bag as soon as that person's mm-hmm. done. Nothing. Uh, uh, yeah. So the whole thing was, and I've been through Vegas before. It's been good. But this, uh, from start to finish, it was a bad experience. And it was all human. It was, none of it right. was structural. None of it was the sort of things I gave them at the beginning of this podcast. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you're understaffed. I get that. It was all training and communication and all the mm-hmm. things that can be better. Right, right. And I think the other part of that is, you know, you and I do travel a lot. So we see the good and the bad. We see that it's it can be inconsistent. We know that it's not always as horrible as some of these things are, but a lot of people don't. And so their one travel experience, if it's horrible, that's the impression they have. That's what they know as the experience of travel now from that point on. And so I think it's it's important to also realize something we we talk about in other industries. There's an assumption of knowledge. 
there's an assumption that travelers know what to do, that passengers know how to pack the right way and how what to take out. Even though they say it <laughs> over and over and over, I think it's it's something that, you know, because they say it over and over and over, they don't really understand that that nervous, anxious traveler who's going to the airport three hours early just because they haven't flown in four years and they don't know what it's like. And I've seen that, you know, in several airports. I think I shared the story, I think, of the woman who had like a six pack of Coke in her bag and um, a huge thing of hairspray and all of this other. And she was baffled that they were they weren't letting her take it through. And I thought, well, if she hasn't traveled since, you know, the year 2000, maybe 73. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like then this all might be new to her. And that's hard to accept when you see, you know, the kind of things that we have to do now, but we have to make it a little easier for people. We have to communicate earlier. And I think in to the point of the TSA, it's all about that preparation. It's all about looking ahead. The trends of lower fuel and summer travel, that was going to happen. That's not a mystery. And so the fact that they were unprepared for that part of it, that's a little unnerving because it 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 tells us that they're really not looking ahead at, okay, what do we know is going to happen and how can we better prepare for it? Yeah, but if they're, t- I, I will give them a little uh, pass on that slightly because if they're tied to congressional funding, it would even matter. Yeah, I mean, the, in, and in some the of end, true. I mean, if, they, if, they're, I, if they're tied to con- congressional budget cycles and things right. like that, just forget it. Um, they'll, they'll be lucky to get. They'll, they'll have to predict what's going to happen in five years because that's when they'll actually get the money. Right. right, and and the budget stuff, I agree with. We can't really harp on for that. But to your point, like communication and training, <laughs> it doesn't matter how many people you have. If that's better, then it's going to be better for everybody. Well, it's funny, you know. I gave. Uh, the Orla- and I'm sure there's going to be somebody listening to this podcast who went through Orlando and had a horrible time with TSA. But I got to, you know, it's my main airport. It's where I live. And uh, I, I got to give some props to them. And what's interesting is you brought up the first time traveler. Well, this is like the home of one time travelers, right? Yeah. <laughs> People that never get on a plane come here to do their, yep. their, their once in a lifetime trip to Disney in the parks. Uh, so maybe they're prepared for it. It was interesting. I went to the wrong gate the other day. So there's an A and a B concourse thing. I went to the wrong one, which is my own airport i was just like half asleep and i get there and i go to pre-check she's oh no no you're over there and the agent actually walked me over wow and i didn't have the heart to tell her after like i didn't i thought she was going to sort of put me over and point i was just like fine Mm -hmm. i was like i know where i'm going i just screwed up and i was in space and like i know and i just sort of let it go i was like i I couldn't really like she's like no no i'm gonna take you and (laughs) she thought i was just lost traveler she literally walked me across the airport to the other pre-check wow and like not only i mean took me to the pre-check line i mean like made sure i got in pre-check and said here's this uh this guy's already come through and (laughs) i mean it was pretty amazing so i was very impressed so there are really good agents out there and i think when you talk about customer experience of course we always go back to consistency Mm -hmm. and i think if they can do a better job working with what they have and hopefully trying to find ways to make the best of their limited resources because one thing i can say coming from retail Mm -hmm. is when you are understaffed it wears on the people that are on your staff. Absolutely. And it makes it harder for them to have that smile and be chipper Mm -hmm. and do the things we need them to do in customer experience. It really grinds on them when they're making up the slack for, you know, when you've got Mm -hmm. a team that's at 60%. Right. And if people are treating you poorly, I mean, a lot of, a lot of travelers are not kind to these agents either. And so I think that's, you know, they have to put up with a lot of stuff and just kind of run out of the energy to be positive and, and, 
do what they need to do in these less than ideal situations that everybody's in. But I think a lot of this is about preparation. A lot of this is about looking ahead. And a lot of this is about communication. Well, I have a few rules in life. One is you don't complain about your food in the drive-thru until (laughs) after you get it. And you don't complain about somebody who can take you in a room and sequester you for an hour and strip search you. So out of self-preservation, you should be nice to TSA agents, but try to be nice anyways because they're doing a hard job. They are trying to keep us safe. And you know what? Hopefully they'll come to us and we can help them out because I think <laughs> I think in the in the right spots this is one of those situations where they could apply the right principles in the right areas and they could really shift that culture because you know what mm-hmm. if you can't do anything about the weight what what do we all do? You make the weight more pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And and I think they they have some superstars that could probably uh teach the others a lot and it's just a matter of finding them. So, yeah. Yay, TSA. See, we are ending on a, on a happy note. We're cheering them on. <laughs> uh, yes, we love you, TSA. And um, <laughs> my name's Jeannie Walters, if you didn't like this episode. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, keep doing a great job for us. And uh, if you need some help with customer experience, Jeannie and I are here to help. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed episode 129 of Crack the Customer Code. Don't forget to subscribe. Check out our, all our episodes and send us feedback at CracksTheCustomerCode.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And don't forget, sign up for audible.com by going to audibletrial.com slash customer code for your free audiobook and 30-day trial. And I'm Adam Tepork. You can connect with me and find out all about the things I do, keynote speeches, customer service workshops, training, books, you name it. It is all there at customersatstick.com. Come say hi. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.